0: Today, Jonathan Mitchell, don't get too upset everyone, sorry our regular host Bobby Payne could not make it today, so you're stuck with me, but we do have the the pastor of love, Pastor G, Amen. in here, and Pastor Aaron Case, I don't know what you're the pastor of, but hey, you're a pastor. No, okay. so. no love. Yeah. When you're next to G, yeah. you know. I pale in comparison. Yeah. Our love seems like hate. I <laughs> don't <laughs> oh, Biblical yeah. or what? But, no, but it works. It you works. Know, it works. Yeah. It works. yeah. Uh, welcome today, gentlemen. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Um, and uh, we're we're glad to be back. We've taken quite a bit of a hi- a hiatus for a while. Just the busyness of life and ministry has hit us. And, <laughs> but but we're hoping to be back to kind of some regular programming here. Um, and we we thought it would be timely and well to respond, uh, with the episode today, which would be uh, the biblical response to the pro-choice movement. Mm -hmm. And obviously in our culture, specifically in America right now, um, there's at least, it looks like Roe v. Wade might be overturned. Mm -hmm. And, um, while we praise God for that decision, it's made a lot of things come to, uh, the surface here. And For sure. we've seen a lot of arguments. We've seen a lot of arguments that we've expected from secular voices, but we've also seen a lot of arguments that concern us from Christian voices. Mm. And so we wanted to give some time to talk about that. We pray with grace and, and truth today and, um, give the Christian, um, once again, ammo from the word of God, to engage our culture for the glory of Christ and hopefully to win people. And, um, if it be the Lord's will to, to save and bring to life, the babies that have been, um, being killed in the womb for 50 years now. And so, um, we pray the Lord's mercy on us, but guys, thank you for being here today. And, and pastor Aaron, I think we want to throw it to you here for a little bit. Um, just to open us with, um, Christian response in all things, uh, and and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously this is a sensitive topic, not just now that the hornet's nest has been beaten, um, and we're seeing people responding with uh, all kinds of passion and vitriol towards one another, talking past one another, talking down to one another. Um, we, We just felt like it was needed, and this had to happen. Um, because we we also see at the same time many Christians shrinking back from the conversation, and that's that's not going to be helpful either. So what we hope to do today is, as Pastor Jonathan said, is to equip you to answer and refute uh, some of the common arguments that we're seeing all over again from those who claim to be Christian and secular, uh, regardless. So um, what we would start off with saying is this, and um, it's very very important. We, we know people, we have people in our church who have been touched by this, um, this issue. And so it's very personal. And as we talk, uh, we may get passionate today. Um, we may talk um, with a lot of force. Um, please don't mistake that for the fact that we forsake those who have fallen prey to this. Uh, we love you and we want to see the gospel Heal you in your life. We we can't imagine what you've been through. We can't imagine what you've faced, the pressures, um, the societal uh, pressures, and the norms that are pushed upon you. Maybe it was the only option you thought you had. Um, we're not against you at all, but we're we're wanting to save other people from going down the broken path that you've had to face. And what I'm thankful about in our church is, and I know you guys have experienced this too. You know, we speak on divorce, we speak on all kinds of difficult subjects, and a lot of people who've been through those places are the most thankful that we speak out upon them, because they're not looking past only to, well, only to their own situation, but they're looking to others. And this is what we would say to you. If you are broken, and if you face this, and you're in pain and you're hurting, look to Jesus Christ. Um, There is hope and healing in, in Christ, and though... We have not been through this situation, us men here. Uh, we know people who have, but we've also been in other situations, and we can attest to you through great heartache, Jesus Christ is more than enough. His grace is sufficient, and His love is overflowing towards you. Uh, if you will turn to Him in forgiveness, if you will repent, if you will turn from your sin to live for Him, uh, there is more grace in Him than there is sin in you. You are not hopeless. You are not too broken. Um, You are a candidate for grace. And so we would say, turn to Him first. Um, And then also, I guess what we want to say is our stance today is not arbitrary. Uh, We're not just pulling this up because we hate women. We're not just pulling this up because we want to rob you of any sort of choice. We're, We're going to stand today on the authority of God's Word, which is the only way to make sense of the world that we live in. Um, when we look at Scripture, a couple of the mainstay texts, and, and you guys feel free to jump in here, uh, a few of the mainstay texts are uh, Psalm 139.13, 13, which says, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. And, and what is this inferring? It's saying that we have dignity, value, and worth as, as, a, as a fertilized egg at the beginning of conception in our mother's womb. Why? Because God says so in uh, His Word. We, we have personhood. We are unique, and science will tell us. We have all of the biological complexities and all that is needed for a unique human being at fertilization, at conception. And so we see laws in the Old Testament that were made around this in regards to if two men are fighting and a woman who's pregnant uh, loses her baby that is considered murder. So we see that God values the unborn life. And so therefore we stand upon that. And then we continue on and we look at Proverbs twenty-four, eleven, and we are called to rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. So we are to speak up for those who have no voice. And there is no one, and regardless of what we hear, The number one cause of death in our world is not heart disease. It's abortion. So we, because we cannot hear the screams of these little children, because their voice is not heard, we as those who have a voice must stand for them. Not because, again, any personal reason or misogynistic reason, uh, but because we believe Jesus Christ is Lord.
0: Okay, anything out of that G
2: uh, just a uh, couple of scriptures
0: uh, that I I pulled up uh,
2: Jeremiah 1 uh, 5 before I formed you in the womb I knew you and before you were born I consecrated you uh, it tells us that you know God knows us from conception um, uh, before conception God knows who we are um, also in judges, Uh, 16, uh, 17, Um, um, with Samson, it says uh, um, a razor has never come upon my head for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. Like, uh, like from, from conception, God knows us. He, before conception, God knows us. Um, He knows our names. He knows who we are. He, um, he, uh, as I said earlier, He counts our toes and our fingers. He knows everything about us inside and out. And um, the Bible is clear, you know, that uh, like Pastor Aaron said, um, and it's in Exodus, uh, I think chapter 21, it talks about where a woman, if a woman is, is uh, beaten, um, and she loses her children. That's considered murder. And it says an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. Uh, there should be justice uh, for those babies. Um, so the Bible's the Bible's clear that because I hear this argument. The reason I'm bringing it up is because I hear this argument. Well, nowhere in the Bible does it talk about abortion. It talks about the value of life, the value of um, the baby at conception and prior to conception uh, that the baby is um, uh, in the hands of God and knit it together in its
0: mother's womb. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll eventually get there, but that seems to be uh, the place where I think the pro-choice cho- movement's losing ground is the, that the baby is human okay. because of what's developed in science in recent years and what we can see now while a child's in their mother's womb. Um, and so it seems like what's being elevated now, I'm sure we'll get there in a moment is that the, the mother has more value than the child. And what we say to that is what you all have already interjected with the word of God. But I mean, go all the way back to the beginning that, um, God created them male and female in the image of God. He created them Mm -hmm. and every single person, has value, like intrinsic value that cannot be stripped away from them because they are knitted together in their mother's womb. Every single one of us, every single child that's ever been conceived has been knitted together in their mother's womb by the hand of God. And that's what gives them value is they're, everyone's made in the image of God. No one is lesser than, than anyone else. And I think that's where the ground, um, is starting to shift a little bit as we can see the things that we see as we know the things that we know. Uh, all that's being revealed is that God tells the truth. And um, we're thankful for that. Uh, and we've, we've had his word to stand on for thousands of years. And, and it's just being revealed that, that he tells the truth about what he does uh, when, a, when a child is conceived. And I think it's important that we, we stand upon on the rock uh, of God's word um, in all things, but especially in regards to uh, to life. Amen. So That's right. we, we've covered a little bit of the the biblical foundations. Um, anything else to add to that before maybe we shift to, okay, we've seen this um, at least right now, maybe at the time this is being recorded, a leaked decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know for sure that it's, it is is one way or the other, and we're seeing all these arguments. Is there anything else we want to cover from a biblical standpoint before we get to some of the arguments uh, in regards to the pro-choice movement.
1: Yeah. I I would just say we, we can see a lot of what God feels about this. Um, you may, you may say, well, that's not specific enough, even though, you know, we would believe it. It definitely would be, uh, there was Moloch worship all throughout the old Testament. Um, and this was basically where, um, a child would be offered as an infant into the hands of this idol who they would heat up. And, They would put the child in the arms of Moloch in the hope of of all things of being being given fruitfulness from Moloch. (laughs) They're taking their fruitfulness and putting it in this false god's hands, heating it up, and the people would scream and chant to overshadow the screams of pain from the baby as it basically is burned to death. So... God says that that's an abomination in His sight. Um, there, it's, not, um, it's not unclear, and He mentions it many times, and I would, I would challenge anyone who would like to see that. Just, just look through and just use the keyword "molech," M-O-L-E-C-H, and look and see what the Scriptures say in regards to that,
0: if it's positive or negative. We also want to refer you to episode three of our podcast where we, we took a, a clear stance on what we believe about abortion back then uh, in, in regards to all of what we said. Nothing has changed what we believe. And that's maybe a more in-depth view on what our stance is in that regard uh, because today is going to be more devoted on, okay, so here's some arguments. Let's, let's give a biblical response to them. Uh so guys thank you all for laying a biblical foundation for us. Um so let's let's get into to some of the the arguments that we've seen. Um and these are things that we've seen on our social media pages um and things that we've heard people around us say. And so we'll we'll kind of get into them. Um I'm going to try to pull this up so you can still hear what I'm saying. <laughs> um <laughs> So one of the things that we saw was uh, a post, a pretty lengthy post seen it. I've seen it shared uh, multiple times across both friends who are not followers of Christ and friends who are followers of Christ. Um, And I I think it's important that we engage with this and um, equip our people to to do so. So it starts off with this statement. I'm not pro murdering babies. Um, Good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sounds yeah. great so far. Sounds yeah, great. Yeah, we're with you. Amen. Yeah. Um you know, you we we would say you could stop there. Yeah. I yeah, think. we don't need any more. Yeah, we don't yeah. need any more. <laughs> uh but then what all is going to be listed out is scenarios in which maybe babies It's okay. Can be murdered. Yeah. It's it's okay. Right. So um and like we said, I know we're saying that forcefully but it's because it's a pretty dire circumstance right yeah. now. This needs to be understood um, because we're going to take these arguments and they're going to pull at your heartstrings. But the matter of the fact is no matter what, in each of these circumstances, someone did die. Right. And so we need to, to make that clear. And that's why it's important to, to respond to these. Um, so here's a statement. I'm not pro murdering babies. I'm pro Becky who found out at her 20-week anatomy scan that the infant she had been so excited to bring into this world had developed without life-sustaining organs.
1: Mm. Yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, I would first say,
1: I, I hope that Becky would have a good local church that she's a part of that can support her and a husband, you know, who loves her and who's with her throughout this difficult time. Um, if not, you know, I can't imagine how difficult right. it would be for her to face this. Um, I would say a few things. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to come up, so if it does, please forgive me because my memory's not the best. But um, I, I know we used this example in our first episode, which may be helpful for folks. If if this helps you, um, not all the times is is science correct in regards to what people, what the babies even have, you know, I know technology is getting better and better, but I know they've missed it at times as well. Um, so what I would say is obviously to allow, um, you know, within reason, um, for her to continue through that pregnancy, you know, and to, to seek wise medical counsel in regards to her health and, and giving birth, um, you know, it's, it's really tough to go through situations like that. We know a lot of folks who, um, some of our best friends, um, you know, have given birth to a child that, that had passed. Um, and that was a difficult situation, but I wouldn't want to compound what is an extremely difficult situation with a taking of a life. Yeah. You know, I, I think there are some things to work through in this, in this scenario, but at the same time, why com- compound your pain with, with taking the life of your little child? Yeah, <clears throat> just a couple of
2: things. Um, it's kind of, um, it's on topic and then off topic a little bit. On topic being, you know, at, at, the, at the moment of conception, um, a child has uh, its own set of chromosomes. It has its own unique DNA. Uh, therefore, it is a person. Um, whether you want to look at it from a religious point of view, Christian point of view, or a scientific point of view, uh, the the child inside of the mother is a person. It's a, whether you want to call it a clump of cells or a fetus, whatever you want to call it, it is a unique individual person created by an almighty God. And to... Uh like my brother is saying, uh, just because a doctor says that this baby may or may not have, um, uh, um, be developed without sustaining organs, uh, God is a God of all possibilities. Like God is a God of miracles and can do all things. And I would trust in God. I would absolutely trust in God um with all of my being and trust that the lord has that individual baby in his hands just like he has yours Amen. and also i would say um this is the part that's kind of off topic um i have a brother-in-law who's uh down syndrome um and it kind of when i read this it kind of made me think of him like if uh if a there's people who would abort a baby just because it has down syndrome because it has an extra chromosome
0: i yeah, think about is it ireland is iceland. That right? mm. iceland that's yeah. right iceland mm. has basically completely eradicated yeah um anyone who has down syndrome mm-hmm. um, and like i think about mm-hmm. matt i think about some other amazing friends i have who have down syndrome yeah who are just complete joys in our lives like a lot better than most of yeah. us. Oh, man. Amen, they're I, would interesting. Take, I would take a hundred mats over uh, amen. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people. You <laughs> know, I mean, just, uh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, just look at the language, how it, how it shifts mm-hmm. in the statement it is, so excited about the infant until they find this out.
2: Right. That's what
0: it is. We're, we're devaluing the life immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think I'm probably just going to say this every time we engage with one of these things. Okay, I'm pro-Becky, too, but I'm also pro-the child. Amen. Uh, Amen. Like, let's, let's talk about the child, too. Yeah. And yeah. we're devaluing its life by, um, just because according to what's been seen, which may be wrong, like Pastor Aaron said, um, it's all of a sudden of less value now. Mm. And that's a concern.
1: Amen. Yeah. Amen.
0: All right, so <clears throat> next thing. I'm pro Susan who was sexually assaulted on her way home from work only to come to the horrific realization that her assailant planted his seed in her when she got a positive pregnancy test result a month later.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Again, I mean, (laughs) we're pro Susan as well. I mean, I, I can't imagine the grief that she will carry into all relationships for the rest of her life because of the attack of this man uh, who forced
0: himself upon her, and who should be punished to the fullest extent of the exactly, law? Exactly,
1: exactly what I was about to say. Um, I do, I do believe that there should be a death in this situation, and it should be the man who forced himself upon Susan. Um, I believe in the death penalty for him because he is the one who violated her, who who forced himself upon her, and has forced her to carry this with her. Again, but regardless, we do not put children to death because of the sins of their father. The baby does not deserve the death penalty because the father does. Mm. And so, again, we cannot take back the rape. We cannot take back the damage that has happened. But what we can do is save from another evil being committed. And another weight being placed on poor Susan, who already has to carry so much in her life.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank
2: you. yeah I just, uh, I mean, uh, Jeff Durbin, uh, when I was watching him, and he, he said pretty much what you said. It's, uh, you know, God's law says put the uh, rapist to death, not the child. It's not the child's fault. And then also, I would say, also in this instance, um, there is such a thing, you know, if, if the, if the mother would want to go that route, it being like adoption, mm-hmm. you know, whether, whether she, um, but regardless, bottom line, that baby needs to live. That baby has a right to live just like the mother does. Yeah. And so there's, um, uh, um, I hate to say it like this, but it's, you know, two wrongs don't make a right kind of thing, you know, and they don't. And it's, um, and it's an absolute atrocity to think that an innocent baby is murdered because of, like you said, the sins of the father.
1: Well, when it, when it's free or cheap to take a baby's life, but it's super expensive to adopt a child everything is backwards. It shows you the heartbeat of our world and our community. So what I would suggest, if Roe is going to go the way that, it's, that it looks to be, and go back to the choice of the states where there will still be pro-choice states, there will be pro-life states, what I would say is take that funding and pour it into adoption and foster care services. Yeah. So these children are actually taken care of and they're given what they need and you, once you take that away, there should be plenty because we're we're force feeding Planned Parenthood and other organizations with billions, and they own most of our elected officials. So let's take that away and let's actually love on these kids who need help and whose parents, you know, have given them away.
0: Yeah, and that's we could talk about that a long time for the way that unfortunately the truth is that there is a foster care system. You know, we, we pray and long for the coming of Christ where that is no longer needed. Um, and that it's a wreck. Uh, a lot of y'all know my story and Kara's story and our not so fun time with, with foster care. Praise God. It brought us our little boy, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's backwards. Um, but in regards to Susan, when we think about this situation, what's so grievous for Susan is she's been violated yeah. grievously. Why would we then turn around and then violate the child? Yeah. It's, we know it's wrong in Susan's case, so why would we do the same thing to the child? Yeah. And once again, we're pro-Susan. We care about Susan. We know Susans. Yeah. I know one very close to, to me Amen. Um, who was violated by someone very close to her um, and by God's grace, she carried the child, and that child is now forty-something years old now, who's adopted two little girls from China. I mean, it's in a beautiful, beautiful story of God's grace. And uh, you know, I, I know for a fact that um, she she would never give up uh, anything in regards to getting her baby daughter. Obviously, the way it happened was horrendous, but God has been gracious and kind through it, and so. Once again, we, we're, we're pro the child, too. We care about the child as well as the mother. We want to be wholesome in this, and we can get to that argument a little bit later. Yeah. Um, all right, next thing here. Um, I think this touches close to home, too. Mm-hmm. I'm pro Teresa, who hemorrhaged due to a placental erupt, abru- abruption, uh, causing her parents, spouse, and children to have to make the impossible decision on whether to save her or her unborn child.
1: Yeah, this hits home because this is Ridge's story and Jamie's story. Um, when Jamie just, just
0: for our listeners, Ridge yeah, is your baby boy, my, Pastor, and Jamie your wife. Son.
1: That's my son and my wife. That's right. Um, when Jamie was pregnant, she she had this issue, and she began to actually bleed out, and. Um, that goes into a whole huge story that we'll we may cover on another episode, but um, you know they they successfully um, delivered Ridge and took care of my wife, and God was completely gracious through this whole situation. Um, but I think again, being very emotionally and touched, uh, you know, engaged here, in um, no point in our minds did we think or was it necessary to chop ridge to pieces so my wife could have life there is no circumstance wherein you must kill the baby to save the mother this is a false dichotomy this is an argument that is not correct it's on it's based upon false premises if there is an issue there can always be a C-section to make, get that baby out within no time, and then the mom can be worked upon, and then you try to save both. If that's the case and the, and the baby passes because it was born too early or they couldn't save it or anything like that, you did all you could. That is not taking the life of the child in order to save the mother. Yeah. This is a false dichotomy right. that is used to pull on your heartstrings where there's this difficult decision. No, my friend, uh, this is not correct. Right. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. I think yeah,
2: be- just, a, uh, just real quickly, just some, uh, statistics behind, uh, behind this particular instance, uh, it goes along with this and also, uh, uh, a pregnancy that's in the, like the fallopian tubes like there's it's that's one percent less less than one yeah. percent of abortions um are are in actually taking place to take care of the mother mm-hmm. actually less than one percent
1: right
2: but it's used as like every mother that goes and has an abortion She's doing it to take care of her own health. Right. Right. And it, it's, it's, it's false. It's a
0: false premise. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll cover that a little bit more down the line here, in a, here in a minute. But, you know, I, I remember when we were, Ridge we was born and texting you, Aaron, and I, I didn't even realize how like dire the circumstance was. But then one thing I'll never forget is Jamie sharing her story at praise and pod the next year. And, uh, realizing the craziness that was going in there. And then to know that it's always worth it Amen. to put your life at risk for your child, mm. whether inside the womb or out. Um, you know, I, I know all of us for our children, we would, if there was a bus going to hit them or a, someone take a shot at them, we're stepping in front of that thing. Yeah. Um, and, um, uh, that doesn't change just because of a difference in location. Uh, and, um, once again, we're pro the child here too. We care about Teresa. We love Teresa. We've seen Teresa's in our life. Um, but we, we care about the child too. Um, yeah. Amen. And just, can I
2: ask something? Yeah. Just like, uh, um, you know, we, yeah, just like what you said, location, just because the location of the child is not um, sitting in our lap, but rather in our in our womb, it doesn't mean that we would not give our life to protect our child yeah.
0: in any, in any circumstance. That's going back to the biblical foundation. Abortion is the opposite of the gospel. It's you lay down your life for me, yeah. where the gospel is Christ saying, "I lay down my life for you." Amen. Um, Amen. And uh, I pray that we have a more Christ-centered approach to to this uh, serious subject. Um, next, we, we've already kind of touched, but just want you to hear, once again, the, the argument put forth. I'm pro-little Kathy, who had her innocence ripped away from her by someone she should have been able to trust, and her 11-year-old body isn't mature enough to bear the consequence of that betrayal.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you just answered that with your friend, you know, who, who you mentioned, who we know and love and— Um, that you cannot change the situation again. I feel, I feel for Kathy and, and all that again, she'll deal with. I pray the gospel penetrates her heart and her life and leads her to healing. Um, But again, um, the little baby doesn't deserve the death penalty because of the sins of the father. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Um, I think we can move along. So we, we pretty much covered that. Um, uh, Yeah. So, Next one is, I'm pro Melissa, who's working two jobs just to make ends meet and has to choose between bringing another child into poverty or feeding the children she already has because her spouse walked out on her.
1: Um, Boy, that's tough again. And we see this often and and let it be said right now, um, ladies, we're not just calling you to a biblical ethic, but we're calling men to not just be sperm donors and to run to not just look for a one night stand and leave. If, if you're going to commit to a sexual relationship, first off, we would call you to do it in a biblical context and in marriage. Um, but regardless, if your actions have brought about a pregnancy, you need to man up and you need to take care of that child because it's yours. Um, and you need to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord. Um, that's what I would say first. And then I would say secondly is I don't believe anyone should be killed because their life may be difficult yeah. or because their family may be poor. I would say trust in the Lord. I'd say I, <laughs> all of us have worked our tails off to provide what we have given our kids right now. Um, and it's not always been a lot. I praise God for all that He has. He's given us abundantly above all that we could ever ask. Um, I remember growing up having... An amazing life. But we had nothing. Like, we had nothing. But God was so good to us. I didn't even know we didn't have nothing because I I was just so thankful for a family, you know? And then as Dad became more successful, you know, all all those things that honestly don't matter came. But I would never say, because you will have a tough go, or because you may be poor, or because you may not have the same threads as someone else. That you don't deserve to live mm-hmm. uh, uh, just two things real quick i i
2: I was at a, an abortion mill in Knoxville, and I remember uh, a couple of guys dropping their girlfriends off to get an abortion, and they wouldn't drop them off. I noticed they they would not drop them off where we were. They dropped him off like down the block. And I was thinking in my mind, you coward. Like you're a real man. Mm -hmm. First of all, you won't man up to the fact that you have a child. And next, you won't even um, take her to, um, you won't even face like uh, what you're doing. You know what I'm saying like he wouldn't face it like he made her walk through us but he wouldn't even go near us and I just so my first my first point being be a man be a man be a man for your- uh wife for your children um, uh, that means actually getting married um to have sex um and number two, um, for her, like kind of like going along the lines with what Aaron's saying. I mean, they were, they were Christmases where we didn't get a Christmas, you know, growing up. Now my dad worked at uh general motors and there were times where he was laid off and we didn't have anything. We had food. I remember eating uh soup, beans, and cornbread <laughs> and, uh, and we did just fine. Um, that is uh, not an excuse uh, to have an abortion. There, there is no excuse. Let me rephrase that. There is no excuse to have an abortion, but to say you're going to have an abortion because you don't want uh, that child to grow up into an, a a poor environment is, to me, ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Once again, abortion is not the answer to. Poverty. (laughs) And um once again we we need people to step up, starting with fathers, starting with uh families. Families need to step up. But once again, um just because a family's poor doesn't mean they're a bad family. Right. And um for some reason you have people making this decision about what's valuable about life and what's not, and it's creating this sense of, well, if this means it's a valuable life then if someone's born into poverty, they must be less than. Mm. And listen to what you're saying about people. Is that, that you're calling people that are poor less than human. Well, let's tell, the people, let's tell the people the source
1: of why they believe that today. It's Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. who was in favor of eugenics. Mm-hmm. And she believed that African Americans were not as valuable as white people. And that is why consistently we see Planned Parenthood clinics in minority based, uh, uh, climates all throughout our country. So it's a racist thing. It absolutely is. And it is, and maybe we'll get into more of that in just a moment. But at the same time, people need to know what the basis for that thinking is and where it was all founded and the foundation upon that it, that this thought process lies. It is from a racist, absolutely racist person who is the founder of Planned Parenthood.
0: Yeah. And we've we've also seen in regards to this situation, many many people. You all are testimonies. I, I was blessed with a with a life growing up where I never felt like we didn't have anything. Like it, it was it was nice uh, um, in regards to to monetary wealth. But we know people who have made uh, significant successes uh, on a material level from poverty, yeah. and so <laughs> right. what you're saying is, just because they might be born into poverty, let's go ahead and execute them so they couldn't, they, they don't possess the ability to rise up from that place. Well,
1: what's the American dream, yeah, right? Exactly. Even though it's, I wouldn't say it's biblical, but what's the American exactly. dream? Yeah. Like, what, what about Rocky? Like, what about all the shows that we love? It's yeah. not the people who just had it all and just, you know, made it great. It's the person who came from nothing. Yeah. Like, you kill those stories when you kill those children.
0: Yeah. exactly, exactly. This next one is, um, I think, probably the heart and the crux of the, the pro-choice movement here. Um, it's not often admitted. I'm surprised to see this one here. I'm pro Brittany who realizes that she is in no way financially, emotionally, or physically able to raise a child.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think what we just, we just talked about, you know, (laughs) uh, puts that one to bed. Um, I think to, to engage regardless in insects, is to understand that you're not going to end up you know, with a new outfit or you're not going to end up you know, with a robot. You could end up with a child. I mean, that, that is the process. Uh, again, you can't throw out the biblical worldview, but let me just say from a biological standpoint, what do you think happens when two people have sex? There's the possibility of creating a new life. That is the way we've been designed from God. And so to be surprised that, my goodness, this could have happened. You know, I, I could have a child. Um, well, what about abstaining from what causes that? And again, I wouldn't, be par- I wouldn't be pushing this. I wouldn't be promoting this. But at the same time, uh, if, if you have a worldview that where you're trying to exclude God, birth control is like 12 bucks for a month. You know, give up a pack of cigarettes, don't have a beer one night, and you can pay for that. You know what I'm saying? So, again, I would not promote that. I would I would tell you to be uh, responsible uh, sexually, but at the same time, uh, what what do you think happens when two people have sex? There's always the possibility of children being being brought into the world. Mm -hmm. I think this is like um, this is extremely
2: selfish and sad you know selfish of the person and just extremely sad to me that I mean this is this is like pro this my body my choice right here and you know they're financially so that means they're not a, um, a CEO of a company or something they're not they don't they haven't hit their uh, their uh, ceiling so to speak um Emotionally, um, they feel like they are unavailable, I guess, to take care of a, um, of a baby, that they don't want the extra baggage, uh, so to speak. Physically, um, they don't want to uh, get the scars, if you will, from a pregnancy. I think I mean, this
1: is a devaluing. Oh, that's yeah. I'm, right? Oh, yeah. I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just building it up. Yeah. <laughs> Get there. <laughs> uh,
2: this is the most selfish thing um, on here, honestly, like to yeah. me. I guess. Because there's no reason. Like, absolutely. There is, I, first of all, there is no reason.
0: That's why I said I was surprised this one was in, yeah. listed in this argument. Yeah, sure.
2: there is no reason. Let me back up. There is absolutely never a reason to have an abortion. This one is, this one takes the cake.
0: Yeah.
2: You are, I mean, it is so selfish, so self-centered, so self-oriented. Like, you, like you can't see beyond uh, yourself. Mm-hmm to see what's inside of you. And then I would go along with what you're saying, Aaron. If you don't want it, don't have sex. Don't have sex. That was the whole purpose. God didn't mean people for ha- to have sex, um, uh, unwed, premarital sex, in the backseat of a car. That's not what God meant sex to be. And so, it this to me is just the epitome of selfishness.
0: Yeah. And so, let's let's continue with let's let's take this argument to its end so i'm not financially uh emotionally or physically able to raise a child well what if that happens when the child's born mm-hmm. i'm not financially emotionally or physically able to raise a child mm-hmm. i don't get to kill him right well, come on that's right. it, this is and i think this is this is, uh, is the argument that's the 98% really of mm-hmm. abortions mm-hmm. is at the, at the That's core of it all. There, right. That's why it's at, in there. at the core of it all, this is uh, most, most all of, of all abortions come down to the reality of, uh, I it, it, it impedes upon my own life. It's an yeah. inconvenience. Wow. And so we wouldn't look at, uh, we wouldn't look at Brittany here <laughs> and, um, And say, you know, look at her life. Maybe she has three kids, and it's she's not doing well financially, emotionally, or physically. And say, hey, you know what? We need to take your children and put them to death. Yeah, we wouldn't do that, so we don't do it in the womb either. Right. And and once again, we can be pro Britney and also pro child, um, understanding that just because your circumstances don't seem like the greatest environment ever to raise a child. Hmm. You don't need a great environment by the world's standards to raise a child. Right. <laughs> Love yeah. them, yeah. care for them, nurture them. Yeah. That's the right env- environment. And yeah. once again, this is the most anti-gospel argument that you could really come up with. Yeah.
1: Well, what, what I was going to say was, seriously, it, there's such a devaluing in being a mother yeah. and having children. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that's my whole thing. Like, no, see, let's yeah. bring that back. You know, no, let's good. not... It's not like, oh man, I've got these kids. Yeah, yeah but they are an inconvenience, but they're also the greatest blessing you'll ever receive. I mean, come on, let, let's let's take back, let's kill that stigma. If something needs to die, let's yeah. kill the stigma. It's a blessing. The scripture is saturated with with <laughs> positive talk about
0: having children and what they mean. Yeah. Um, let's let's get rid of that, and and we could. We could go way off here, but I'll just I'll say it this way: um, If you spend enough time around a Christian community who who is really saturated in the Word of God, you will understand the value of what a woman is. Amen. The problem is, as we've listened to outside voices uh, try to tell you what what a woman is and what it isn't, and apparently that anyone can be one, and then now when we're talking about being pro women, no wonder it's so confusing. Right. No, we we do care about women. We we truly believe that women are an incredible gift of God. And we also care about the millions and millions of women who have been killed in their mother's wombs. And so when we talk about this type of um, statement, I think Pastor Aaron's spot on. There's a devaluing of being a mom. Women in today's culture don't want to be moms to their children. And it's because they listen to voices that being mom is somehow a secondary thing. No, come to Mother's Day here at Eden Chapel and watch how we honor our mothers because we know what a God-given privilege it is to be a mother to your child. Um, And so, yeah, that's spot on. A couple more here. Uh, I'm pro-Emily who went through uh, IVF, ending up with six viable implanted eggs requiring selective reduction in order to ensure the safety of her and a safe amount of fetuses.
1: Yeah, one of the most complex ones, uh, in my opinion, on this whole on this whole list that is given. But just quickly, what I'll say is, I, I think a Christian couple should really think before they enter into the world of IVF. Um, I think if this is the place that you go and you're led by conscience to, and the word of God to move forward, then I think you need to be making plans uh, for those other... Be ready. Yeah, exactly, that's right. Um, I, would, I would caution you in a mighty way before following this path. Um, But at the same time, I do believe uh, there are some ethical arguments, you know, from scripture that you, you should be thinking about those fetuses, those little babies, because we want to be consistent all the way down the line. That's right. That's good.
0: All right. Uh, This next one, another one surprised to be on here. I'm pro Christina who doesn't want to be a mother, but birth control methods sometimes fail. Can I, can I just say one that maybe I can start this one and I'm not trying to be mean here, but this is essentially saying, um, I, I don't want to be fat, but McDonald's tastes so good. Mm. Like, come on. Like, yeah, that's just an absurd argument. It is. It is.
1: It's really sad.
2: Yeah. Uh I, I, this one, uh, angered me too. Like, um, because, you know, God created, um, marriage um, between a man and a woman and the two shall be joined together um, in one flesh and uh, that's with marriage with a husband and a wife who want to have children have sex and it's um, it's okay by God's standards to do so. Outside of that anything outside of that is sin. And this right here is just um, another one of those selfish um, to me narcissistic kind of um, attitude. You know, that I'm better than you know, like uh, what's inside of me kind of thing. Like I'm just going to get rid of it and not even have a conscience about it. And to Again, I would just say simply, don't have sex. Don't have sex.
1: That's
0: that's earth shattering, right? I can't imagine. (laughs) I can't can't imagine being Courtney or is it Courtney Christina? Sorry, Courtney. Um, I can't imagine being Christina and actually saying this out loud to 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 women who desire to have children and are unable. Yeah. Like I mean, goodness gracious, the. The selfishness of that statement is just mind boggling and while i 've been um, sympathetic to some of these and un- like the situations are very hard, and some of these uh, I-, I think I would struggle even entertaining this thought uh, if if a woman said this um, in a setting because it- it's it's so um, utterly selfish yeah All right, a couple more. Um, I'm pro Jessica who is finally getting the strength to get away from her physically abusive spouse only to find out that she is carrying the monster's child.
1: Yeah. Again, (laughs) um, I know no one, no one is perfect. I know people change. I know a lot of this, but again, uh, and this is, this isn't looking down on anyone because again, we minister to people who've been through this. We have,
0: I have a friends going through this uh, where, um, where the husband, who has been a good husband, is struggling right now, and um, she had to walk away, had to walk away, and found out during that time that she is pregnant.
1: Wow. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, we sympathize with the difficulty of the situation, and what we would pray is, beyond just a decent group of friends, that this woman would be part of a church who would have men to stand up for her, and a group of women who could come around and yeah. love on her and shower her with the love of Christ during this difficult time. Mm-hmm. Um, because her husband is a pile of trash does not mean that the baby should be put to death. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the bottom line. And again, that's taking nothing away from what she's going through. Right. We, we can't imagine the pain that she would face and how difficult that may be. Um, but, again, uh, not the child's fault. Yeah,
0: All right. Uh, I'm pro Vanessa who went into her confirmation appointment after years of trying to conceive only to hear silence where there should be a heartbeat. Again, very personal. Um,
1: If the baby has passed away, then you're not committing an abortion. Yeah. I have been in those appointments to where There was a child and we went to search for a heartbeat and it wasn't there. Um, It just wasn't there. And to think of how our hearts sunk when that happened. Um, But again, this is using the ultimate bait and switch. The child is not alive. You're not taking the child's life. The child has passed already in its mother's womb. And then... A surgical procedure may need to happen to safely remove the child, but a DNC or anything like that is not an abortion. This baby's already passed on its own. So that's a false dichotomy. That's just an effort in pulling on your heartstrings, and yeah. it's a fallacy.
2: Yeah, and that's, that's the argument that's used, that the 98% you're talking about, Johnny, uh, that go in for an abortion, this is the, this is the case. Yeah. And it's not. It, again, it's another false premise. It's another um, heartstring puller yeah. to
0: try to um, to try to affirm for themselves what they are doing. Yeah. We understand the difficulty of that because we value human life. But if you if you want to have abortions, why would this be such a hard one to like? I don't understand why it would be difficult to have on your list. It, you know, it would be like a so what. It's just everyone else does it. It's a clump of cells or less than or whatever it might be. I don't understand why this is such a difficult one for us. We feel that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know here in Aaron's story, I think about Adam and Shelley Gossett's story. Um, I know my own mom, um, gave birth to a stillborn baby. Um, and so we feel that it's, uh, heart wrenching. Uh, but, I would struggle seeing that from the other side, um, which is, which is, um, once again, kind of interesting that that would be included. I'm thankful that it was, but I'm I'm interested that it's included this one, this one, um, prevalent today. I'm pro Lindsay who lost her virginity in her sophomore year with a broken condom and now has to choose whether to be a teenage mom or just a teenager.
1: Again, um, I know we're, we're kind of repetitive, but a biblical sexual ethic, even though we all fail in certain areas in this regard, does not negate what God has spoken, as G has said very well, very many times during our talk here. I mean, it's just the truth. Um, if you are going to choose, again, uh, you know, this is separate from a rape issue. This is someone choosing to engage in sexual behavior just because you're able does not mean you should. Mm-hmm. There are repercussions for the acts that we commit. Just, you know, In our time, we want to have sexual pleasure outside of the design of it, as G said again as well earlier. Um, it's designed for the marriage bed. It's designed for our pleasure between a husband and woman. It's not a bad thing. But again, it is our also designed for procreation. And if you're going to have sex you need to understand the fruit of that and the way it's designed and the way God made our bodies It's always a possibility to end in pregnancy right it goes into to me society today like like it's not even
2: a thought like uh, two teenage kids in the back seat of a car is not even having sex premaritally is not even a thought it's not a, it's it's not even a thought that it's a sin that you're going against a holy God, the design, the perfect, holy design of a holy God. Mm-hmm. You're not even going against that. Um, again, if 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 you would um, abide by God and His design, um, we wouldn't we wouldn't even be talking about this. Mm-hmm. This wouldn't be an issue. But because this has happened, uh, that doesn't give you the the right or the authority over God's authority to kill a child—that's a—that's a, that's a um, again, it's so selfish, self-centered, um, um, an ego-driven thing to do. To think that you have that kind of authority, that kind of power over a, over a, an innocent baby—that. Um, is unable to speak for itself.
0: Amen. Our last one here. I'm pro Courtney who just found out she's already 13 weeks long, but the egg never made it out of her fallopian tube. So either she terminates the pregnancy or risks dying from internal bleeding.
1: Yeah, Again, I think not to be a broken record, but I think you talked about this already. Um, The baby will not survive there. And you are not taking its life. You could not take it out and then plant it somewhere. The baby is not going to live. It won't make it. It stops developing. And it also is dangerous for the mother. You are not taking the baby's life, right? You are taking, um, again, it's like a baby without the heartbeat. There will not be a continuance of life. And the mother must be helped in this situation, because there could be severe damage, you know, death even occur. And again, I know people who've been through this and the heartbreak that comes from this. Um and it seems to be more and more prevalent or I just never heard about it as much when I was, you know, younger, but it seems like this happens often and and it's a tragedy and it's something to be mourned over. But again, it's also a place where the church community needs to come around. And to love on these ladies, because of the, the stress that they'll be under and the heartbreak, you know their body was prepared to have to bring a life into this world, but because of the fallen nature of what, what is in our world, um, the baby wasn't alive, so it's just it's a struggle, and, and we need to come around these people with grace.
0: All right, uh, thank you for that, Aaron. Also sorry about my child coming in and saying, "Daddy, so if you heard that, um, that was him but On a note, this episode, I think, um, applies well. Um, I remember talking to his mom, asking his story and, uh, Damien's mom told me that, um, Damien's father held a gun to her head and told her to abort him. Um, and thankfully by God's grace, she said no and carried him and, um, cared for him for two years. Um, and, God's grace uh, he was brought into our home and mm-hmm. it's been there ever since wow. and um, you know I'm thankful for for her making that decision uh, because it's really not a decision yeah. to, to, to make unfortunately in our world today it somehow has made one and I think we should end with how this argument is summed up it's pretty interesting it says you can argue say that I'm pro-choice all you want but the truth is I'm pro pro woman their lives their bodies their choice Listen to this statement. You don't get to pick and choose which scenarios should be accepted. Women's rights are meant to protect all women regardless of their situation. And I just simply want to say, we're not the ones choosing which are acceptable and which are not. You are.
1: You just gave a list.
0: By God's standard, all these situations are met with care about both lives, the one in the womb and the one carrying the child, um, yeah, you're the one picking and choosing which are acceptable and not. Because by giving a list, you're essentially saying all those who have decided to bring forth a child somehow, you know, I don't know, are they less than what these women did that was quote unquote brave or whatever it might be? That, that, that's um, just, it, it, it gets so crazy. Yeah, I, I saw this, I think, on this post someone said in regards to the medical situations, you don't get to play God. We're not. <laughs> you're the one playing God. You're, yeah. you're killing someone. Right, right. Uh, that sounds like playing God to me. And so um, we, we simply want to meet uh, these arguments with a biblical response. And then we've kind of mentioned already, most of the situations on these lists, with the exception of a couple, would be in the less than 1.5% of all abortions that happen yeah. in the United States. They're friends' arguments, and we wouldn't give up ground in these situations, but when you engage with people, if, if all of a sudden we said, okay, in regards to rape and medical situations, abortions were okay, they are all of a sudden okay with the 98.5% of abortions disappearing. They still want those. That's right. And so we're not gonna let people argue from these fringe arguments for the sake of the ones that are for convenience. Um, but we also believe that the ones on the fringes are worthy of life too, and we want to speak for them. That's why when I saw this list, I wanted to say I'm pro every child that was in the womb of Brittany and Teresa and Courtney, and down the list. Um, we're you know let's be for them too. What about their voices? What about those women? What about what about the women that were in their wombs? Why don't their bodies matter and uh, their choices matter? We don't care about them and. Um, we, we want to meet in, in those places. Um, y'all got anything else? I, I have one more thing that I'll wrap up, but I'll toss it to y'all because I'll just talk for a couple minutes. But I just want to just
2: reiterate kind of what you guys are saying. Um, both uh, you, Aaron, and you, Johnny, have like said in the past, you know, by what standard are you uh, comparing your, you know, and it's God's standard, not our standard. Mm-hmm. You know, God's biblical standard. So, um, Whichever way you want to look at it as well, like it's from whether a uh, uh, biblical perspective or, you know, I will just use uh, the scientific uh, 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 perspective. Either way, abortion is killing a child. Yeah. Um, from a scientific point of view, you've got at conception, like we said earlier, that baby has a set of chromosomes. Its own set of chromosomes, its own unique DNA. It is not just a clump of cells. It is a living, active human being from the moment of conception, and and that's a scientific fact. Mm-hmm. And then uh, biblical uh, to reiterate, God God knew us before He created us in our mother's womb. Mm-hmm. Like so, so before we were conceived, God knew us knew our names, knew our fingers and toes, our little heartbeat. He knew everything about us. And uh, so uh, just keep in mind, what standard are you using? We're using the Bible. I, I have yet to
1: know what standard uh, the abortionists are using. Yeah, it's emotion. And I would say one thing um, that we've, we've all We've all said many times, but there is no such thing as a safe abortion. Every time you go in to a clinic, someone dies. Mm -hmm. And so to just say that unsafe abortions will happen, well, they happen every day. In fact, over 60 million, let that sink in. Over 60 million children have lost their lives. So when we think about, and I want to reiterate what Pastor G just said, only a biblical worldview can account for the dignity and worth of a child. When we, when we cast aside the biblical worldview for the incoherent belief of uh, evolutionary Darwinism, we make all of us simply animals who've happened by a random chance in in materialistic universe which obviously cannot account for itself. It's not coherent, uh, regardless of how confident your teacher tells you uh, it is. And when you look at other people as simply to be used or as animals, they lose their value and worth. What we are saying is atheist, agnostic, Jew, Muslim, Christian, Hindu, Buddhist, You have value, dignity, and worth because you were made in the image of Almighty God. Despite how much you rebel against that, we believe that you are worthy of life. Mm -hmm. And so what we would say is, and and the interesting part about all this, and I'll I'll be finished because I know we could speak for days, but the interesting thing is a lot of people who would come against us and say, well, you're a bunch of men— you're talking about issues with women. Well, I would say, first off, did you assume our gender? Mm-hmm. And, and do you have an issue with that? Because many of these same folks would say that gender's not a real thing. It's a societal convention, right? Three weeks ago, we couldn't identify what a woman was. We can't even tell. And to do so was an issue, but it was also a priority to have a woman on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So what is it? Which one do you have? Who's not being consistent here? What we would say is it's not our authority, y'all. We're standing upon the word of God, as Pastor just said.
0: Listen we're, to how much that fluctuates too. Like, we don't know what a woman is, woman is three weeks ago. Uh, Planned Parenthood said men can have uteruses and have periods. Straight, yeah. um, now we're told that if you don't, uh, if you're not a woman, you don't have an opinion. L- listen to the fluidity fluidity of these arguments where we're saying we have a rock solid standard that hasn't changed. Well, it was a, it was a clump of cells. It's not
1: a child, right? Well then, uh, up to a certain point when it has a heartbeat, then it doesn't have, it's, it's not worthy. Okay. Well then if it can uh, survive out of the womb, then, you know, before that we should be able to terminate it. Well, okay. But it would be dependent on meat up to this point. Well, then I should still be able to take its life. All of these goalposts have moved. We now, hit, we've and, never changed. And
0: now you're hearing, literally hearing the phrase, I have the right to kill my baby. I mean, those phrases are being uttered. The uh, veil is being uh, yeah, lifted. Exactly. Uh, and, and God forgive us and grant us mercy. And yeah, to close, I would, I would just say this. There's been a knock on the church, and rightfully so, in many areas. We need to step up. Um, we, need, we need family members to or or families amongst our memberships to care for the widows and the fatherless and to plead their cause. But I want to say on the same token, the church also um, does it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's been proven statistically. Um, and I know many people who uh, are followers of Jesus who have adopted or fostered or or, or care financially for people who do. Um, but also we don't take any other, uh, place of injustice and get mad that the injustice is not being, um, uh, rectified because other things aren't being dealt with. Right. We, we don't look at people who are trying to uh, do research on cancer and say, well, you're doing a terrible job with poverty and, um, people going hungry. We don't look at them and do that. So, once again, I, I hate that argument. It makes me sick to my stomach. But at the same time, if you meet them with, well, actually, no, my wife and I, we did foster and we're in the process of adopting a baby. My, my sister has adopted seven through foster care. We care deeply for that. And, you know, we she's bringing to, up the slack for yeah, the rest of us. Exactly. Yeah. Laura's doing well. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think foster care decreased for a time in Tennessee by like percentages for, for her from her. Um, but you say those things and then all of a sudden that's not enough either. Once again, the argument where, where the rubber meets the road is our culture has made a God of self and we need our God to be the Lord. And until our, our nation submits to Christ as King and self continues to be God, this will be a problem, but the church needs to honor Christ. Honor Christ in all, thing, in, in all things and take Christ to the world um, and call them to submit to Him. And I trust that as we do that, um, God will see us and hear us um, and heal us. And um, we pray for those things. Amen. has got anything else?
1: No, thank awesome. you. Awesome. Well said.
0: Uh, Aaron, close in prayer, yeah. brother. And yes. We pray this blesses you. Yeah,
1: definitely, Father. We come to you today thanking you for your marvelous grace. Lord, for the fact that regardless of the sin that any of us have committed or those out there listening today, uh, there is forgiveness. Your arm is not short to save, Lord. And I just pray that, Lord, rather than running in rebellion, I pray that you, are, you would be the one who opens up eyes, eyes and, excuse me, changes hearts, Lord, and, and saves and blesses. And works as only you can. Father, There, there is so much vitriol and so much anger and so much passion. Lord, I pray that um, you would use this unique moment in time to save and be, be glorified as only you can. Lord, deliver us from this evil and bring healing to those who are hurting. And may you receive glory throughout it all. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you again for joining us today on today's episode on the EC podcast. A couple of quick resources in regards to abortion. We would love to point you to End Abortion Now through Apology at Church, something that our church has recently started partnering with. We pray that we would see um, this atrocity come to end in our lifetimes. Um, but once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, we always want to remind you if you don't have a place uh, where you can worship Christ, uh, Eden Chapel, we meet on Wednesday nights at 630 and on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for worship of Christ. If you're outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing fellowship uh, and gather around them to worship Christ the King. Again, thank you, and God bless.